This is the Chicago Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. I want to thank you for downloading this special edition of Out Front with AJ and Nick. Uh, today, we're going to be reacting to the big news story from March 11th, uh, where Chicago protesters, UIC students, took over a Trump event and forced it to be canceled. And the protests kind of went out into the streets. The news media was covering it in an interesting way. We just wanted to give you our two cents because we knew some of the people on the ground and uh, wanted to talk about it with you, give our raw reaction. A lot of raw emotion on today's show and predictions of what this means going forward and what it means for the Illinois primary. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. You can find us on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network. Find us on Twitter at Chicago Podcast One. And you can email us, Chicago Podcast Network at gmail.com. Hope you enjoy the show. Here we go. Hey, everybody. I want to thank you guys for uh, tuning in to a very special edition of the Out Front Show here on the Chicago Podcast Network. AJ and myself. AJ, say hello to the people. Hey, people. There he is. He sounds crystal clear with his new technology. We uh, weren't going to do a show today. This is rare for us to do a Saturday show. AJ and I, I used to do a show on Saturdays with a guy named Andy. But today we wanted to come in and do something a little bit special, a little bit different. Because of the big news story that's kind of exploded across the nation and puts our beloved city uh, right there in the crosshairs of everything. And uh, I don't know, AJ, how should we describe what happened? If you aren't aware, which would be shocking to me if you live around here and don't know, because uh, if I go on social media right now, AJ, all I see is posts from people I know from this town and people who used to live here uh, talking about what happened last night at the UIC Pavilion. How about you? Yeah, um, I don't know how to describe it other than it was everything I wanted to happen towards Trump. <laughs> I mean, it's just All right. I was like, so this happened. <laughs> yeah. Let me run let me run through what this is what's been reported so far. Uh last night was supposed to be a rally at the UIC Pavilion for Donald Trump. Now in the week leading up to it, after the event was announced. The story goes that the kids at UIC and a lot of people in the area were protesting against the idea of him even being there. And then the night of the event shows up. There were rumors that there was going to be protesting, which there was, outside the building. But once the footage uh, started to air from inside, what you saw was the student section of the UIC kids, and credit to them, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as, as I understand the story, they were there for about an hour beforehand, kind of raising a little bit of ruckus, but generally behaving and sitting quietly. And about five minutes before Trump was supposed to come out, it was announced that they were canceling the event due to the amount of protesters who were outside, at which point the protesters started in the arena, started chanting, we stopped Trump. Trump supporters swarmed the college kids and started trying to take their signs. Security came involved, took out one kid. At which point, the kids started chanting, fuck the police. And rumor has it, by the way, AJ, the part that I really love is that at one point, there was an actual acapella rendition of fuck the police coming straight out the underground. Right. Got a bad for a brother because I'm brown. Um, <laughs> yo, I love that movie, and I love NWA. The, <laughs> but as that started going down, the kids, once the one guy got taken out, kids started bouncing up and down and chanting, Bernie, Bernie, or we want Bernie, pop, 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 all night. And security canceled the event. The kids were sent out into the street. 
At which point they joined up with the protesters, many of whom we probably knew from Multiculti, AJ. And yeah. it turned into a march down the city streets of people protesting against Donald Trump, which forced CNN, Fox News, CBS, NBC, every news outlet to cover the story. The Guardian had a story today referring to it as chaos at the UIC Pavilion. And that wasn't just because you know, that's where the WNBA team plays. The <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to get in a knock. Wow. Hey, man. You know, the fundamentals aren't as exciting as dunking. I'm sorry. <laughs> but the more that you look at this story and like how you said, there was a, a moment last night where my heart, we call this the Chicago Podcast Network for a reason. When we started it, I said that the main thing is I want to highlight stories about our city, our state, uh, local podcasting which is something that's not really done a lot and i want to talk about this today because i was filled with civic pride last night aj how about you i you know i've i've been to a lot of events in chicago um the immigration march that was in chicago um a lot of pride parade stuff uh there for occupy and this is a very different one and i'm i, I am sad that i was not there as um, was i and that I came to it late. Well, I mean, a lot of people have asked me, like, days before, I'm like, are you coming? Are you coming? I'm like, no, because, and this is where I think it's my fault in that i just going to figure, you know, it's going to be protesters and what you have, like, maybe a, ha- a handful of them inside the venue and then get thrown out. I'm like, I don't want just that. I want something more, you know? And, and I know some of the people I know who are there were going to do myself and others proud by standing outside and doing what they do. But to see what I saw on television, it's like, Oh, okay. This is an interesting turn. This is for <laughs> um, real, real, not for play play. Right. Um, but I mean, there's like some things I want to get out of the way first. I mean, if you hadn't heard Trump today in Daytona, um, there's a lot of things that he was saying. There's a lot of things that Chris Matthews was saying that it really um, pissed me off as well of what. Yeah, I saw you posting about that. I was going to ask you about it. So, like, one of the things, like, Trump's like, there were 11,000 people there. The pavilion holds 6,289 people. (laughs) You can't fit 11,000 people in the pavilion. (laughs) All right. Even if there were more out in the streets. You know, you still can't fit 11,000 people in the pavilion at UIC. Number Not to one. mention, 11,000, like, when you start throwing out those numbers, 11,000 people is a lot of people. It is, you know, and, I mean, you would made the pavilion look like, I don't know, it would be just more than packed. You know, people had to be on other but, people's put it shoulders this way. just when, to when, sit in there. When the WWF sells out Allstate Arena, it's, it's 13,600 people. Right. That's at the Allstate Arena. Like the UIC Pavilion is half that size, and even if you took all the people outside, I don't think it comes to eleven thousand. No, you know, and and the Pavilion is a little bit north of campus there at UIC, and it's actually yeah, I mean, closer to Rush North Shore than it is to the school. Yeah, it is. You know, um. Other things I wanted to put out there. Trump was talking about, you know, he was putting all on moveon.org. Moveon.org was not the sole organization to do this. Some of the people I know who were the main organizers on the ground were students in the Latino Studies Department 
at UIC and some medical student medical grad students there as well. So it was not just purely moveon.org and everything. And I heard it from Rubio already. I've heard it from Trump already that these are paid professional organizers. Now, granted, I'm sure SCIU and their front groups were out there. So I'll give them half a credit for that. But the majority of the people out there, like Andy Thayer from Gay Liberation Network, Jay Becker from World Can't Wait, um, people from International Socialist Organization, Socialist Party USA, um, Black Cross anarchists, these are not paid people. These people do it for the sweat equity of putting out there that we need justice economically, environmentally, and socially in Chicago and everything. So you may have a fraction of the people who are being paid by big unions, um, Democratic Party front groups and everything. But for the most part, for the most part, they were all grassroots activists and organizers on that ground. And the other thing that Trump also said was, you know, Bernie should apologize. I'm like, you can't just say, you know, Bernie should apologize because people were saying were chanting Sanders, Bernie, having Bernie shirts on. We want I mean, Bernie. You know, but it's also in the reverse a little bit. You know, I mean, if you are a Trump supporter, I mean, does that by association that Trump, like, pays people to go there and do shit like that? Who knows? But, I mean, it kind of works both ways, you know? So I want I want to go back I want to go back to what you were saying though about the the supposed paid organizers on the ground. Yeah. Uh if they were getting paid AJ, let's just let's just let's go with this and say that they were being paid. Yeah. How much were they getting paid for last night? 10 bucks? I I would say I mean they would probably gotten a stipend of 10 20 bucks here's maybe. Here's money here's money to I cover mean, your transportation. It, yeah, I mean if they would have paid anything it would probably have been transportation down there. Um, maybe legal fees if they get arrested. I doubt it, but it's usually transportation. My my point is from my my point with this though is my point with this more is that the people who go out into the streets and protest, people like you, people like our friend Mike uh, Callis from Multiculty, um, who go out into the streets and do this, you don't even if you are getting paid for it, the money is secondary to what's going on. The people who were there last night were there because they truly believe that Donald Trump is a bad guy who is a racist or pretending like John Oliver said, usually the racist or pretending to be. And in which case, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. And realistically went out there because they felt it was the right thing to do. And it's hard to argue with that. I know. And they took a message of my, my favorite thing about that last night, by the way, was. And it's a credit to college kids because when you think college kids, it's something like that. It, it's it's a split second before it can become an incredibly violent thing. And whenever you saw footage of people being confrontational, it was almost always a Trump supporter was being very aggressive towards a, a I guess we call him a Bernie supporter, but in this case, just a college kid or a protester was being overly aggressive towards them. And the person who was against Trump was generally calm. My, my favorite image that I saw, there was one of a guy in, I like to call it the, the Che Guevara coat. Um, you know, it's got the malt, a lot of, it was a double oh, yeah, coat. Yeah, the yeah. Double coat. And it's a kid with a, with a full on red ginger beard in a, in a coat with a t-shirt on that just says Sanders 2016. And he's holding a sign and there's a guy in a Trump, make America great again, trying to pull the sign out of the kid's hand 
And the yes. kid is just very calmly looking at him going, stop, stop, stop. And like, and to, my, to that kid's credit, that's peaceful protesting at its, at its finest was, was, was last night. Yeah. And, you know, and I love how, you know, the media was trying to amp up violence. Oh my violence God. Going on. Yeah. It, it, and, and at first you could see a couple things, but for the most part it was, it was peaceful. I mean, that was a peaceful protest against somebody that people don't want elected president. Well, that's the thing. And I just want to look at that under the microscope for a second and to say this. Define violence for me. I mean, I guess for me, violence is actual full on. You're armed. Um, you're actually going in there with the objective of being violent. You know, it's one thing to be violent. And it's another thing to have self-defense. Yeah, exactly. Well, not only you know, that, but when you say it was a violent protest, I'm sorry. I think Baltimore. I think Ferguson, where stores are burning. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's violent protest. To me, this was, we made a lot of noise. People didn't like the noise that we were making. And the only end result that was possible from the whole thing was people to take to the streets and march in, in defiance of a demagogue. Yeah, and you know, I mean, and someone asked me last night um, over Facebook, you know, if I was there and someone would have pushed me, would I push back? And I go, it depends on the circumstances. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to take anyone shit, you know, but at the same token, you know, you know, the pacifist in me is still going to, you know, do what I'm going to be doing, you know, which is, you know, try to be calm as best as possible. You know, maybe sit down, maybe pull someone out of the way and everything. But if someone's coming at me, um, well, yeah, there's the difference. My the inner wrestler is going to come out. Well, not to mention, there's the there's there's the the there's a difference between trying to be peaceful and then being stupid about defending yourself, right? Because you don't know what a guy's got. I mean, if if somebody's like charging at you, you have a gun, they could have a knife. You don't know. But that didn't seem to be the vibe of what was happening last night. What I what I saw were kids who were embracing the lessons of being college kids, which is you get out and you air your grievances, you share your voice, and you shed a light on what you believe is right. And to sit there and, and qualify it as what? It was violent because they were jumping up and down chanting Bernie? Like, is that violent to you? Because to me, it just looked, it was like politics and pro wrestling finally mixed. Well, and that's the thing, you know, and that's what, really got me the most is you had well, Trump didn't say anything other than, you know, he called in Chris Matthews saying, you know, you know, canceling, here's why. But you had like crews out there kind of supporting Trump a little bit, you know, say, you know, these protesters are violent. Um, even Rubio said that they're causing anarchy, which again, he doesn't know what that means. Um, no one knows what it means. So it's like, <laughs> You're saying things that is rhetoric for a certain demographic of your voter base, you know, but just don't say things for the sake of saying things. I mean, these ought to be intelligent enough people to understand the terms that they're using for a situation that's going on. Well, and then this morning you had the little uh, clip of Rubio saying that, you know, violent speech leads to violent actions. And this is all because Trump says all this stuff. My favorite line of the night, and I gave the credit to you because you caught it, was Trump at some point said, uh, whatever happened to free speech? And your response was, you're witnessing it. 
Well, that's the thing, you know, he goes, he goes, look at us, you know, they're repressing us. I'm like, repressing you. You're the one who tells people to get the hell out of your own place. And, and then to sit there and be like free speech is what happened to free. You're like, this is called the protest. This is what free speech is. This is what you said that you would stop if you became president because you would change the laws of, you know, everything. It's just, it's, it's, it was such a crazy night to see that. And again, I've, I've never been prouder to be a Chicagoan, I think, than, than I was last night. Because there is something like the reputation that we have across the country and around the world as, yeah, we're a Bears fan town, we're whatever. But Chicago's name, it, it, it's different for us because we live here, but we have a reputation for, I don't know, do you want to call it toughness, AJ, or do you want to call it like a gangster mentality or just the fact that Chicago politics have been cutthroat as long as Chicago's been in existence? Chicago politics, Chicago politics and activism, well, Chicago activism, I should say, has a deep-rooted history of being very forward, you know, and you can go all the way back to, dare I say, Saul Alinsky and his, you know, concept of community organizing and what he's done in the faith-based community in Chicago, what, you know, Latinos had to do to get their voice being heard, what you know, the black community had to do to get their voice through the LGBT and be able to move off through, be able to move out north of 55th Street. You know, um, students at both DePaul University and UIC wanting who are grad students, you know, want their fair pay. The UIC faculty had to go out and strike to get their fair pay and everything. So Chicago's Chicago teachers activism union. has this deep rooted history. Chicago's teachers union, you know, um, IBEW's uh, protest, the McDonald's. Right. Uh, employees who want to, you know, all that like they this is a town that embraces this kind of stuff. And while people may be protesting or celebrating stuff that you don't agree with, if there's one thing we tend to embrace in Chicago, it's that, yeah, at any given point, people have grievances and they will air them and they will do it. Even uh, I, I like to look towards not like to, but um, Laquan, I, I can't remember his last name. Laquan McDonald. Yes. The protest after the officers who were involved with that after the video was released. Mm-hmm. And and that peaceful protest down the city streets that CNN wasn't covering because nothing was on fire, you know, it, it, Chicago has a political history, and to see kids at the UIC stand up and say this guy does not represent us at all, he doesn't, re- he shouldn't represent you, he shouldn't represent anybody, and to stand up and in in true patriotic defiance, which is a thing. And it bothers me that in today's world it's it's treated wrongly. But you know what I'm talking about more than most. There is a there is there is patriotism in being defiant against authority sometimes, right? Well, yes, and, and and you know last night is very much an example of what Chicago activists and organizers do best: be out front, speak out, out front. You know what I'm saying? I just had to. Make sure we got the, the, the plug in. <laughs> so, I mean, this is where this all comes from, you know. But again, I was again surprised that that happened towards a candidate, you know, because I can't remember in my lifetime when this has happened because it never really happened under daily. I mean, or manual, but when I say that, I mean, sure, us and Occupy has always went to City Hall and stuff like that. 
but not during an election year. You know what I'm saying? Because I can't remember a time. Well, no, and even this is different. I mean, when you when you hear people protesting against Rom or protesting against Richard Daly, or even back when uh, I remember being a kid, and you know there was the protests against. Uh, not it being a kid, but when in my early twenties, when you'd have George Bush come to town for whatever reason, and people would be right. out against that, uh, that was the beginning of the protest zones. That, by the way, I was going to ask you about that. Protest zones are those still in effect, or are they gone now under Obama? No, I mean Chicago police still has you know their draconian free okay. speech zone. They don't call them free speech zones anymore. They're just um, security measures. Okay, right, yeah, because that's just, that's <laughs> no different. Uh, but my point is. This election is, but but specifically, the and I, I've decided to start calling him the albatross of the Republican Party. Um, I never liked that term, albatross. I never liked that term at all. I understand where it comes from, but still, I just never liked that term. You just don't like the word albatross. Yeah. Is it like the word moist with some people? Some people don't no, like the word moist. But no, it's just albatross. It's I don't know. Okay. Well, all right. How about the Led Zeppelin? How, how about the Led Zeppelin of Donald Trump? That is, of the Everybody, Republican Party? wow. Ooh, ooh. I don't know if I. Ooh, nah, yeah, because he'll go over like a Led Zeppelin. The Nickelback. Ooh, if we're gonna go band names, then he's Coldplay. No, that gives him too much credit because they got to play the say. halftime bowl, halftime of the Super Bowl. What band is Donald Trump? Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Conway Twitty. <laughs> I love Family Guy. Um. Filling 25 minutes of Conway Twitty. Yeah, why not? Just, people on <laughs> the show, we, we just start, we, yeah. people, yeah, everyone just goes crazy and we get like that. Suddenly those, those USC kids show up at our office. Like, why did you do that? Um, but, did you see Trump at Daytona today? No, I haven't seen it yet. I was, I was out You would there. love it because it's very much of the fabric of what WWE does. Because. Oh, did so, the heel cut a, cut a promo? So think of a big hanger, okay? A decent sized hanger. Okay. That, that he was in, like he usually does. But there's people behind him in the stage and everything. But you don't know how far deep back from that stage he is and everything. But every time he would be at the mic and everything, he would say something. He goes, I'm going to build a wall. And then he'll walk with his back towards the camera to the audience behind him. And put his hands up in the air, like, you know, like, oh, like I want to hear you. You know, it was very, very much. And if you're not down Triple with that, H would do what very much what Vince McMahon would do. That's awesome. I mean, this. I mean, this was the moment that if you had to reference anything pro wrestling, it was today because it was very much that. All he had to say now is one thing. He goes. I'm going to build a wall. Who's going to pay for it? Mexico. That's that's bizarre. I, I mean, th again, I think I said the if line. You I, smell. I think I, for the record, if he was in the middle of giving a speech and all of a sudden the Rock's music played and the Rock came down and Rock bottomed Donald Trump, I would be very happy with that. That would be the best run in in the history of pro wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, I just thought of something, and I encourage everyone to do this at a oh, Trump oh, event. Oh. I want everyone at a Trump event. That anytime Trump says something and there's a pause, you go, Do it. what? I love it. I was going to say the same thing. We should start wetting him. Could you imagine how much that would annoy <laughs> Donald Trump? What? I'm going to get Mexico to build a wall. What? what? <laughs> that would be great. That would make me so happy. I thought, did you notice? All right. I just, for a nerd second, I will point out that there was at one point when the 
when the they first announced that it was canceled, there was a Daniel Bryan yes chant in the arena. Did you see that? No. Yeah, for like a split second, all of a sudden they all started going yes, 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 which was fantastic. The it, it's, but you going back to what you were saying, like there's never been an election like this in my lifetime. I my, I've asked my dad and his friends and his clients about this, never in their lifetime where a candidate was either so, again we'll use wrestling terms was so over that people either love him. Or they just completely hate him. And I've, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen anything like this in even European politics, which is an insane thing where people punch each other on on in, on the floors of their parliaments. Like just somebody who has either motivated their own base to the point where they're willing to fight for it or have motivated the opposition to the point where they're willing to take over your arena and, and chant. I mean, this... And, and, I, and I hate going back to the pro wrestling thing, but there is, but we can go to just Chicago sports fans in general have a history of if the arena is small enough and the crowd can be heard, they take over events. It's a Chicago sports fan tradition. Cheering during the national anthem at the United Center, for example, is is a Chicago tradition. Making noise is something that we do in this town. And when you show up to spew your vile racist bullshit. Because you're Donald Trump and the entire city basically kind of unites around the idea that nobody really wants you here. You're not going to win this county because you're a Republican and no Republican will ever win Cook County as long as we're alive. It's it's crazy to see the election get to the point that it's gotten to. And, and I'm curious going forward because, yeah, today, tomorrow – it's the weekend. It's not the same thing. But Monday morning before the Tuesday primary here in Illinois, he's got an event, I think, in Bloomington on Monday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a big deal. What college is in Bloomington? Um, there's two. There's Illinois State University and Illinois Wesleyan University. Which, those are more college kids. So now the question becomes, when he goes to Bloomington on Monday, will they even hold the event? Because he had to cancel another event for Sunday that was supposed to be in Cincinnati for security concerns as well. And I, I'm just wondering if going forward, this there's two possibilities now. One, this galvanizes the Republican side to realize that this guy can't win a national election and they'll do something. Or two, it will lionize the base of his support to essentially start turning into you and I talked during our Trump show and. You know, I, I was going to do we were going to talk about the comparisons to Hitler. And I suddenly realized while we were talking and, ta- and discussing it, the historical significance of that. There is the possibility that his protests could become very or his rallies could now become something very, very different if they embrace the idea of the crowd policing itself. Which with mm-hmm. those what is it the three there have been three uh, events so far where a single protester like one was beaten one was removed by police, and then there was the other one where the crowd like tr- threatened to hurt somebody, but then they didn't. Like that, those have been three so far, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. D- does that elevate now? Does that become something much more commonplace, or do or does Donald Trump just not have the ability to put on any more rallies as a result of what's happened? I, I really don't know. Um, that's why I think this is going to be very much a turning point for. Trump because he was supposed to do a rally in Cincinnati, which was was canceled also. Um, and then I 
my understanding was he was kind of hesitant to go to Daytona, but because where the town's at that he did his um hangar rally at. Yeah. Was just outside of Daytona. I mean, he's in Cleveland right now. He's going to Kansas City later on today. Um You keep saying Daytona. Do you mean Dayton? Yes, that's that, yeah, that too. Okay. Cuz it's getting very confused. Have I been saying Daytona the entire time? And I didn't fight you on it because... And you're now correcting me? I'm just going to throw this out there that for a minute I thought that you knew something that I did not know. And then you kept... (laughs) And then when you said he's in Cleveland, I'm like, wait a minute. Because I thought you meant he was in Iowa. And there is a Daytona, Iowa. It's a very small town. But I didn't... Yeah, Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, not Daytona. Dayton. The only reason I know that is because Dayton tends to do well in the March Madness. Speaking of Selection Sunday, guys, get ready for your office pool. Um, but here's the other thing I want to say about what you were just saying about Chicago and everything. Um, the one thing that will never let me down about Chicago is this Chicago still to this day, culturally feels it's really a second city because, you know, in its history as a town and when people from the East moved and settled in Chicago, it was still the hick and the sticks town of that time. You know, you had to compete with New York, Philadelphia, Boston. Cleveland all those great was, Cleveland was a major city. Right. So <laughs> everything that, you know. I had to laugh at Cleveland, I'm sorry. <laughs> everything at that went right for the United States went towards the East Coast, you know. But Chicago always held firmly that we're better than them and we're going to show people that we're better than anyone else because we're not just, you know, hog farmers out this way. And over time, they have done that. They have proven multiple times to people in the world that Chicago is the best when it comes to the fire that happened in Chicago, when it comes to the World's Fair of 1893, as well as in the 1930s. When it comes to sporting events, when it comes to activism, when it comes to anything, when it comes to St. Patrick's Day, been there, huh? When it comes to St. Patrick's Day, sure. Um, Oh, just let it go. Listen, they dyed the river green today, and there's a parade going on right now. So, just I'm just saying right now, we're recording this on the day that they're doing the parade, and I would argue that Chicago St. Patrick's Day is probably better than Dublin's. Continue. Yay, we ruined the river again. Anyway, um, so, yeah. I mean, that's all I really have to say. I mean, because this is, last night is not only the things I said about the how Chicago activist scene is what it is, but it also speaks also more to the cultural fabric of Chicago. And to the more the point of, like, with Trump's going to be in Bloomington Monday, which I may or may not be there. Just putting it out there. You should go. Um, no, you should. You should totally go. I mean, you should go as an activist, but you should also go as a, as as somebody discovering the event because, uh, it, it assuming that it takes place, I'm willing to bet that it gets canceled today. It, it, I don't know because here's the thing, um, Bloomington and Normal because they're right next to each other. They are. It's not as active like Chicago is and everything. I mean, there are still organizers who I know. In fact, some of the organizers I know from there were at Chicago last night, who were also one of the main organizers of dumping Trump and everything. So they're based out of Bloomington. I know they're going to be doing stuff in Bloomington and everything. I know they're going to be inside the arena that they're going to be at and everything. But 
the question becomes, will people from Chicago come down to Bloomington? Because really not that far by car or by train, really. But I think Trump will go and have it because I think he knows and other people will know that it won't be as, in his terms, radical than Chicago was last night. You gotta love the hypocrisy. I, I know that we got we're coming up on the end of this, but you just you gotta not love it, but you gotta almost respect the hypocrisy of a man who who now calls this, you know, over the top, and this is too much, and it's just like you have spent eight months firing. Like it, it, I'm trying to remember, it was Bill Maher who said that this is what the Republican Party. Uh, worked towards for so long by doing the veiled racism that they did that this was the ultimate evolution of that this is the ultimate evolution of donald trump's speeches if you keep baiting people the way that you do eventually somebody's gonna stand up and fight against it and that doesn't mean you arrogant ass that they're gonna walk on stage and try to punch you it means they're gonna do what they can to shut you down in the best of american patriotic way which is to protest your ass and that's what you got so let me ask you this does last night play a huge role or a role at all Tuesday? If so, what? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I don't think. I don't think that. La- Here's the problem with what's going on with me, AJ. Do you think that was? Do you think? Do you think last night spoke more to more people going to be voting for Sanders and the Democratic side of the primary, as well as people voting who are conservative and Republican be voting? For like a Kasich or a Cruz come Tuesday on the Republican side. I think that I think that a true Trump supporter last night actually bolstered their support for him. Like if you were a you know a true Trump supporter who thought that he was right from the beginning, then last night cemented your position as he's a hundred percent right because look at all these people who I hate fighting against him, right? Right. But if you're a moderate Republican who was wavering on whether or not you're gonna vote for him. Because you don't know of his plans, like you just don't like him as a person, even though he's technically a Republican. I could see them swinging to another primary candidate. I do. I don't know if it affects the primary. I really don't. I don't think it affects the Illinois primary at all because I don't think Trump, Trump's voters were going to be Trump's voters no matter what. Here, independent Republicans were probably going to vote for Kasich. Religious conservatives were going to vote Cruz. Nobody's going to vote for Rubio in Illinois. Um, except for the rare bleed of the Chicago Latino Republican, or as I like to call him, uh, Caesar, because there's one. I don't know what his actual name is, but there's one. There's one Latino Chicago Republican religious conservative who will vote for Marco Rubio. His name is Caesar. He he lives in Lincoln Park. Other than that, no, no, you know what I'm saying? Like Chicago Latinos aren't aren't gonna vote for Rubio. They're probably gonna end up voting for Cruz. Or they're go- and that's the rare Latino Republican in Chicago, which there are none. It's it's more of the idea of coming out of Illinois, seeing that kind of protest. How does this affect his performance in Florida, right? Because now he's forced to address this. Now it's driven up in front where he's going to have to respond to why were these people protesting? Now he may not. The the John Oliver line of he's the kind of man you could hold his feet to the fire, but he'll just sit there and talk about his fire pro feet. Like, that could be how Trump reacts to it, but I don't think that that plan of action will get him very far, so he's going to have to address it. Now, if he goes full, you know, Jesse the Body heel mode, he might win some votes out of the Republican base, who maybe were going to go for Cruz because of religious reasons, but if you look beyond that, I think I think last night 
What it really cemented is that he cannot win in a general election. He can't. I was concerned for a while that he could, but if you are getting this kind of vitriol from just random college kids, imagine what it's going to be like in a national election if he is the Republican candidate. I just just picture rallies in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Wisconsin, you know, battleground states, states that matter. You know, you now have galvanized this into a movement. Your speech, the way that you speak, has made the youth stand up. And once you do that, and here's the thing that people don't realize. Kids don't register in time for primaries. They don't. Uh, some do. The really politically active college kids do. But your average college kid does not register to vote in their college town for a primary, right? They're too busy drinking and getting ready for spring break and all that kind of garbage beforehand. But in a national election, that's when you start seeing the push for register to vote on campuses. I remember from when I was there. You remember it from when you were there. Starting after the conventions is when you get the push to register on your campus. Right. That will be the deciding factor because now you've turned this not. And when I say an event, I don't mean like the traditional thing. You've now turned this into a social media event. Like, honestly, the best comparison to this, and you're going to find this funny and understand what I mean at the same time. Hating Trump is now Sharknado. In which it's it's obvious that this is going to be something. And in this, in Sharknado's instance, that it was going to be a bad movie. But because right. it explodes on social media that way, it's now an event. It's now something that people mark themselves with that, okay, it's not enough for me to just post on Facebook. Now I've got to actually go out and watch this movie. I've got to go out. And Deadpool, another example. Deadpool's marketing was all social media, right? But it turned mm-hmm. it into an event. Now voting against Trump is a social event, and people want to be part of that event, especially young people. So now you've basically gotten the youth vote onto the other side because most people who are under the age of 25 who are going to vote are not going to vote Republican. Young people vote Democrat. That's just the way it is because they tend to be the more inclusive party. And the current generation of kids has grown up in a world mainly with an African-American president for most of their lives. So to sit there and badmouth black people and to badmouth the fact that he referred to the protesters last night as thugs. And then I turn on Fox news for a second or cut their clip. And they had a, it wasn't Fox. It was a CNN, but one of the, you know, this is a Trump supporter that we have, you know, here's leggy blonde Republican Trump supporter. And she says, you know, these gangs of people. And I was like, that's an interesting choice of words. I wonder what bullet point person walked up to her and said, make sure you use the word gangs as much as possible when talking about Chicago protesters. Because I don't know about you, AJ, but I'm sure the Latin kings and gangster disciples are really interested in political process. Well, that's the thing. You know, the I mean, Thug was used around on MSNBC, Fox, CNN. But it was also coupled with goons, which I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's the mob thing. Well, it's it's that, but I think it's also another dismissive way of calling um, working class white people that, too. I, you know I, what I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. And it and, and it's 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 an interesting way to watch this get covered forward because I don't know it, it, people like you and me who have been somewhat involved, like me, somewhat you, totally involved in protests. Know the people who show up to this stuff are at, at least the initial group of people who show up to protest are the people who truly believe in what they're standing there for, right? And and that has a power. That politicians don't usually have. I think part of the reason why Bernie Sanders has done so well is that you look at him speak and you believe that he believes what he's saying, right? That he 
he's not lying to you. He's not playing to your to your emotions. He believes what he's saying. Hillary Clinton, you listen to her speak, and you think that she is. If she's in Georgia, she's saying what she thinks Georgians want to hear. If she's in Illinois, she's saying what she thinks Illinoisans want to hear. Illinois, whatever. Right. You know what I'm saying? But Bernie Sanders, his message stays consistent all the way across. I think Trump is the opposite, but it appeals to the people who are just like, oh, I just like someone who shoots from the hip. Well, the problem with people who shoot from the hip is that they don't sight the gun and they tend to miss a lot. You like that? That was good. I came up with that on the spot. Wow. Uh, I'm proud of that one. I should patent it, sell it as a T-shirt. Here's the one thing that I was also concerned about last night when I first saw the initial, you know, break-ins story. Oh uh, yeah, the the breaking news that somehow lasts for six hours. Yeah. So while I was totally ecstatic that this was happening, it coupled with what the fuck. Because not what the fuck is going on here, but now, as you have said, I feel last night also kind of amplified Trump supporters to motivate them further for Tuesday. Yeah, I agree with that. But I also I also think that it did as much damage to people who were maybe on the fence that they won't vote for. But again, like I said, I don't think it'll affect the primary vote at all. I think it will affect general election voting is, is what last night did. And also, like I said, this is now a social media event. So everywhere he speaks now, everywhere he speaks, the protests are going to get louder. They're just going to get louder. It's, it's as, it, Social media is a snowball. You know, we talk about it when we're talking about trying to build this podcast audience. It's a question of if you can get 100 people, that means you now have access to 1,000 people. If you get 1,000 people, you now have access to 10,000 people. Because the people that you know, the people that know you now know these people now know these people. And as this thing kind of grows over the weekend, the fact that it happened on a Friday, I also people need to understand the relevance and importance of that because media tends to shut down over the weekends, not entirely, but your main anchors aren't there. Your main reporters aren't there. So now the only story that will be covered by the national news organizations for the remainder of this weekend are going to be the protests in Chicago. Because that's the last time they had their top guys out on the field, top guys and ladies out in the field doing this kind of work, right? So this well, that's is the thing. I mean, you have everyone is focusing on elsewhere. And as you said, you know, that's why we when I did media stuff for grassroots organizations, we tell people, you know, it's it's not gonna go by Friday. You have to do something earlier in the middle of the week in order for it to be a story by the weekend, you know? Right. So you had that, and now with Chicago, you have multiple alternative media outlets at that spot. You know, you had yeah, the now- Chicago Indian Media people out there. You had Chris Chris Giovannis out there with what she does for alternative media. You had urban broadcast media there. You DNA, had all these multiple DNA info outlets was there. out there. Um- uh, Chicago history was out there. Like there were a bunch of uh, you're talking about alternative media, but also you, you can't discount the fact that it was in downtown Chicago, which means they were within a 10 minute drive of NBC, ABC, CBS and Fox News Fox. local. Like they were within a driving distance of those. And listen, Fox local here in Chicago is not Fox News. Like they're a different company. They're, they don't have anything in common with Fox News. I, I'm just saying I don't hate Fox 32 here, but. 
No, Fox 32 is a different breed of Fox. Right. I mean, I tend to watch them more than any other Fox news stations. Exactly. And I, and if I have a choice here in Chicago, it's either NBC5 or ABC7 because CBS right. is for 90-year-old people. The But the, the fact that they were so localized in the city and the media outlets were able to be there so quickly and they're getting coverage and, and all of this. So now the story goes like this. Friday night, this thing explodes. Assume most people under the age of 30 were out doing something while this was happening. This, they see it on Facebook last night. They wake up this morning, and now it's all over social media. And it will stay all over social media for the remainder of today. Then tomorrow will be the process story of what exactly happened. When, how did it happen? What's the fallout of it? Blah, blah. All your standard next day after kind of stuff, which leads into Monday, where he's got an event scheduled here in Illinois. He's going to have to answer questions about it. How he responds to those questions will matter, not necessarily in the primary, but going forward in other states. He then is going to travel to Florida, where the Latino vote is mainly behind Rubio. And he's going to have to deal with that, even though once he gets into the sticks of Florida, then he's with his bread and butter. It's, it's an interesting dynamic going forward, because if he, assuming that he wins the nomination, or at least has a majority going into the convention, if you show up to the uh, Republican convention, which I, I think this year is in Tampa, I think. What? The, this year's Republican National Convention. Oh, no, it's in Cleveland. It's in Cleveland, where they just had to cancel an event in Cincinnati. Yes. Not to mention that that's localized and they have pretty easy air. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, that that convention has the possibility of being one of the most contentious in American history. Like 60, no, I, I, 68 We might see 68 Chicago. all over again. You think so? On the Republican side. Well, do they have, listen, do they have a mayor who thinks that he's the king of his little fiefdom? Because that was also a big contributing factor to 68. No, but it's Trump. But, but listen, they'll be out They'll be Trump's out in the streets. Everything. They will be out in the streets and, right. and fighting this guy. And if you show up to a convention where it's surrounded on all sides by people saying they don't want Trump, how can you cast your delegate vote for the guy knowing what you've got outside? You know? I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's really last night changed this election. Last the last week and a half has really changed how elections will be going forward. The Romney speech last Tuesday or last Monday, you had Super Tuesday where Trump won clean across all states. You had the Republican rebellion, I guess, for lack of a better term, where Mitch McConnell, Rand Paul, uh, Paul Ryan all came out against Trump. You had, you know, Chris Christie looking like a prisoner of war behind Trump in his celebratory speech. And now you've got this bad press. It changes everything. Last night changes a lot of stuff. Again, not necessarily in the Illinois primary, but in everything going forward, this is now a thing. And I'm telling everybody, I think that this will only get bigger. I think if he tries to speak at college campuses that are traditionally liberal, like a University of Chicago, it's it's not going to go well. I'm willing to bet that majority of his events will have to be rescheduled going forward. If you go on his website, he's only scheduled through Bloomington. After Bloomington, there's nothing on the schedule. Oh, no, that's not true. There's one in Naples, Florida. After that, that's it. That's all that's scheduled. So now they've got to start scrambling for arenas. And if you're an arena right now, do you want this? Like, if you're the Rosemont Horizon, for example, or the Rosemont Theater, do you want a Trump rally right now? Do you really want to deal with this crap? But that's the thing. I mean, I think that also what happened last night speaks to what facility owners are rethinking right now because they don't want that liability. You know? Yeah. I mean, if you if you had it at Rosemont Horizons, 
um, Allstate Arena. Um, they're not going to take you. Yeah. And if they do take you, it has to be, well, a risk on their end or Trump really, really guaranteeing that he'll pay for everything. I, I just, I, if, it, but I, even outside of like private places like the Rosemont, like Allstate or Rosemont Theater or let's, let's just go ahead and have fun with it. So like the Aragon Ballroom, for example, like those places aren't going to want him to begin with because generally speaking, those places are controlled by entertainers. Entertainers traditionally skew liberal, you know, it's, it, it, and college campuses are traditionally where, where political rallies take place. Most colleges are pretty liberal, don't want him to begin with. And are interested in doing this kind of stuff because it, it's an educational opportunity for the kids, right? What mm-hmm. educational opportunity is now presented by a Donald Trump rally? You know, and, and, and the, the risks far outweigh the gains for your institution. This is one of the most interesting times, I think. The next two weeks will really be very fascinating going forward. I think the Illinois primary on Tuesday... It's going to kind of go the way that it was supposed to go. I think Clinton will win, not by the margin that they're predicting, but I think she still wins. I think that Trump wins Illinois because of the downstate and western area vote. He'll lose Cook County to a Ruby or Cruz, to Cruz, which will father Cruz to stay into it. I'm willing to bet Rubio, unless Rubio wins a couple states on Tuesday, which I don't think he will, he's got to drop out, right? So now it's Cruz, Trump, and Kasich, because I think Kasich's into the convention. Because he's presenting himself as the the rational alternative, so it, it's or vice president or vice. Well, here's the thing: I don't think Trump is going. Trump's pick for vice president won't be rational. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I don't know. Um, plus, you've got to pick chooses, somebody. If he chooses someone like, let's just say for the sake of argument, a Palin, um, a Michelle Bachman, he's got to um, pick somebody with foreign policy experience. At least traditionally, right? Like, if you're going to go with, like, what is traditionally a vice presidential candidate, it's he protects against the weakness of the main candidate. That's what Joe Biden was for for Obama. Obama had no foreign policy experience, and you got the guy who was senator, who was in charge of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee at one point. So right. that's why you do that. But I don't know who on the Republican side, because Republicans traditionally don't give a shit about foreign policy except to go bomb everything. So... I, I don't know who on the Republican side really gets. The only one I can think of, and he'd never do it because he hates him so much, is Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham, despite of how much I hate his politics, has the experience in foreign policy. He's on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee now. You know, he's when he's not giving speeches and he's not campaigning is actually a reasonable person. Um, but he would never be a part of a Trump ticket. He hates Trump. Right. Plus he's got. I don't the, know. I don't know who he would pick for VP. I mean, I. I, I wanted to pick another Northeast uh, Republican so that the South just, you know, goes against him. I I, I still think it's going to be like a Sarah Palin or a Michelle Bachman. I just have this gut feeling it's going to be like something like that. I do too. I think it's going to be somebody crazy. I think it's going to be somebody who has no business being anywhere near the White House. Uh, much or like Jam Brewer. Oh, it could be Jam Brewer. Okay. Because that's, you know, former governor of Arizona. She's very much a border person. Um, so, I mean, I could see that happening when it comes to, like, foreign relations, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. I, I you, were, you were right when it comes to, like, how this is going to play out from the media perspective. Because, you know, we're talking about now. Everyone's talking about now on social media. 
traditional media is even talking about right now. Yeah, and then once days. we get into the Sunday shows, that's going to be the first thing, you know, everyone's yeah. going to be talking about and everything. And that's going to hopefully carry into Monday. Well, what you hope is that like, okay, so social media, again, anyone who's listening, who's older, mainly, I know at least one audience member works in my dad's office. His name is Bert. Bert, how you doing? This is a shout out to you. But most people who are, who are over the age of 50 aren't really on social media. They aren't on Twitter. They aren't on Facebook, whatever. But they watch Sunday morning Meet the Press. They watch George Stephanopoulos on Sunday mornings. And while the rest of well, the young people like myself, and I'm not that young, are sleeping in, they're watching news shows. And this is going to be the number, like you're saying, the number one story on the Sunday morning news show and on 60 Minutes is going to be about this. So those news organizations are going to carry these stories, right? Mm-hmm. And that's going to force people who were on the fence about whether or not they should vote for Trump. Say you're somebody who's a Republican who's just so anti-Democrat, but you were thinking about voting for Trump because you think he gives you the best chance to win in a general election. If you're looking at this now, you don't have that thought anymore. If you're a moderate. Again, right. Trump's base supporters are going to support him no matter what, because they're they're you know preaching to the gospel, much like Hillary Clinton supporters at this point. I think everyone who's swearing for for Bernie, for example, is a Democrat in theory, but not to one candidate, whereas the Clinton supporters were always Clinton supporters and will stay that way. Right. So it's just a question now going forward is if you were a moderate Republican, can you find yourself voting for this guy? And if you're got a high school diploma, I'm willing to bet that you're going to go. No. Because this is what's going to happen. So. I don't know, AJ, we, we were supposed to end 20 minutes ago, and we've gone now till we were supposed to do a 20-minute show. We've now done a 50-minute show. So any final thoughts on this that you want to get to before we hang up? Um, if Trump's coming to a town near you, yell out what? If, he, if you're going to protest, protest away, because that is your First Amendment right. You are right to your speech. You have a right to your assembly. So it's not repressive, you know, and if they are calling you that you're repressing their first amendment right, just simply say, you know, it's a two-way street. I would uh, like to end by saying I'm very proud of the kids at the UIC. I'm proud of this city. I'm proud of the Chicago cops for not escalating the situation yesterday. Oh, um, right? I, you know? I mean, honestly, we got to we also should mention that that as much crap as the Chicago Police Department gets, when it comes to civil protest, they handle shit right. Most of the time. You know, they, they, they don't engage. They don't do the Baltimore thing. They don't show up with tanks and tear gas. They tend to just let people do what they want to do as long as they're not interfering or trying to hurt anybody. So props to the Chicago Police Department last night for not escalating the situation in any way. Uh, I imagine most of them aren't Trump supporters anyway. It's, but last night is a major deal. And I just, I'm very proud of the city. I'm proud of how we handled it. I'm proud of how the local media covered it. I'm proud of all the people who were out there, and I want to thank them. That's the main thing, man. I want to thank the people who did what you and I thought would not happen. And and both of us should honestly be kind of embarrassed that we didn't think it would happen. We we underestimated how people would react to Trump coming to Chicago. And uh, I just love the fact that when I say Trump came to Chicago and got his ass beat, by protesters, I just I love that image. As as a lifelong member of this town, man, makes me so happy. So props to them. Uh, AJ, say goodbye to the people, man. Bye, people. 
Ladies and gentlemen, that was AJ Signeri. I am Nick Sarantos, host. We are both hosts of Out Front here on the Chicago Podcast Network. This has been a special episode that went a little bit longer than we thought, but again, uh, we just wanted to talk about what happened last night in the city. We hope you enjoyed this show. And as AJ has pointed out, if Trump's coming near you, feel free to protest him in any way you want, though we are uh, going to start trying to push for people to want his ass. What? 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 I want to build a wall. What? I want to make sure that Muslims can't come to this country. What? See how awesome that is, folks? You see how great that is? Props to Stone Cold Steve Austin, but more importantly, props to the UIC kids, to the protesters outside on the streets, to the people who marched uh, to stop this blowhard of a tan scrotum from becoming president. Uh, AJ, thanks so much for doing the special show, man. I'll talk to you uh, probably Tuesday night or Wednesday morning when we do our primary coverage. Ready. All right, man. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. You can find us on fa- uh, on Gmail. Uh, you can email us, Chicago Podcast Network at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network. Or you can find us on Twitter, Chicago Podcast One. Uh, keep tuned here. We're going to be covering the election as much as uh, we can and uh, hopefully get out to some events. I'm going to a Bernie rally tonight, so I'm hoping to have an episode for you about that. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. And the term is, and also uh, to Mr. Donald Trump, I believe that we normally would say we out, but uh, AJ, would you join me in something? Uh, it's, it's, it's a Chicago White Sox tradition, and I know that you don't like it, but it is a Chicago tradition. So uh, the song is Nana Nana, and do you know the words? Oh, yes. Shall we? To Mr. Donald Trump from the Chicago Podcast Network and all of us here in Cook County, uh, we would like to end the show with a stirring, horribly sung rendition of Na 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 na. Hey hey hey. Goodbye. That made me feel good. That made me feel good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We out. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You have been listening to the Chicago Podcast Network.